Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. You are listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Welcome again, and uh, to all those sending those text messages through, please keep doing that. one 1170 is our open line number if you would like to get involved in the show. Well, no shortage of things to talk about, are they? And uh, welcome again to our friends in New Zealand and also friends on the Gold Coast listening uh, to the program. The fallout continues, doesn't it, after Latrell Mitchell's act of madness. We know he's uh, gone for the season. Six weeks, the early guilty plea for a grade two reckless tackle. Joey Manu, well, he won't play again this season. He's had a few plates inserted to mend a fractured cheekbone. The Roosters have been slapped with a $40,000 fine as well. Now, 30K of which is for Coach Trent Robinson's post-match criticism of the bunker and match officials. Another 10K for alleged abuse of on-field officials by Roosters officials on the sideline. Now, there's a separate investigation going on as well. Now, this is looking into allegations that Roosters forward Jared Waria Hargreaves, who was watching from the sidelines, didn't play. He had an altercation, apparently, with a Channel 9 cameraman. And as we know, the bunker official from that match, Henry Perinara, well, he was stood down. It's an incident that uh, really has a number of knock-on effects. Um, other than the severe injury, of course, to Joey Manu, the other main damage is this. South Sydney's chances, in my opinion, of winning, winning the Premiership without Latrell Mitchell, no chance at all. In my opinion, the Bunnies just cannot do it. Not without Latrell. And the Roosters, already missing a dozen or so players. Without Joey Manu, they too, little chance of progressing far in the finals, in my opinion. It's certainly one of the season's craziest minutes of madness um, that, as I say, has had, well, a shed load of consequences. Now, we know Latrell Mitchell is no saint. In fact, he's uh, one of the worst offenders in the game in recent years, if you measure that by the number of charges that he has copped. I think the fact that he showed zero remorse for Joey on the field and refused to temper his emotions after the incident, well, that didn't do him any favours whatsoever in terms of public opinion. Anyway, you might have some thoughts on Latrell Mitchell. You might think the sanctions are too harsh. You might think it wasn't a send-off offence. Well, you'd be in the vast minority if that's a minority if that is how you think. I don't know what you think. Give me a call. Let me know. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. There's a space on the open line there right now. Or if you'd like to text that text line again, oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Now, a few other incidents uh, too over the weekend where officials have come under fire or at least under scrutiny. Uh, last week we saw a Bulldogs player get put in the bin, right, for pulling Kalen Ponga's headgear. Yep. Yesterday, one of his teammates was put on report for pulling Marty Tapau's hair. I mean, do we need to introduce a hair bin? Maybe we should have a hair bin to go alongside the sin bin, the blood bin. Now we need a hair bin. Fair dinkum. I mean, what's going on? Marty, cut your hair. Um, Ockenball, Jaden, cut your hair. Maybe. Look, while it's, it's hanging down by the waist, I mean, there's every chance someone at some point in this collision sport may just grab onto it intentionally or not. Now, can I ask you this? How on earth was that try to Tom Trebojevic given yesterday? 
He was held up that long. You could have laid out your picnic rug and poured a cup of tea or two. Plus, I don't think he regathered the ball. Imagine if that was the grand final. My goodness. Uh, it's another incident that the bunker have, uh, have come under fire for. Talking of uh, the finals, well, let's have a look at what is up for grabs in the final round before the finals begin. The minor premiership, still undecided. Melbourne beat the Sharks, it's theirs. But if the Storm are beaten by Cronulla and the Panthers beat Parramatta, well, Penny Panthers will win back-to-back minor premierships. Manly looks to have fourth place all sewn up. Manly beat the Cowboys and fourth place is theirs. Fifth place, Parramatta can still finish fourth. The Eels need to beat Penrith and hope that both Manly and the Roosters lose. For the Chooks to finish fourth and get that second chance in the finals, they need to beat the Raiders on Thursday and hope that both Parramatta and Manly lose. And then there is the final spot in the eight up for grabs. It's between the Sharks, who are currently eighth, Canberra and the Gold Coast Titans. If the Sharks beat the Storm, they are in. Simple as that. Well, not simple, but you know what I mean. If the Sharks lose to the Storm and the Raiders beat the Roosters, well, eighth place is going to Ricky Stewart's men. The Titans, well, they need both the Sharks and the Raiders to lose. And they must beat the Warriors on Sunday. So there you have it. A whole lot to play for in round 25. We'll talk more about the upcoming round. We'll talk all about the round that just was. And we'd love you to join the conversation. Again, one 300 is the open line number. Or get those texts. Send them through now. 0457 736 736. This is Higher Ground. Welcome, hello, and uh, with me is the Mad Russian. Uh, we're in here, and we're here until midnight, so we'd love you to be involved uh, in the show with us. We love a bit of interaction. You don't just want to hear me gibbering on and young Mad Russian over there gibbering on the whole time. Get get involved in the show. I tell you what, I tell you what we will do, actually, and just thinking aloud here. If you happen to have been listening yesterday, uh, I do an NRL match day from midday till three on a Sunday, and I don't know, uh, Alex, mm. if you were listening... Um, our mate from Canterbury, Jim, called in oh, the yes. show. Mm. The great now, Jim is a Roosters fan, right? So you can only imagine his reaction to the whole Latrell incident. <laughs> what we should do, and let's try and do this. Let's try and do this. We'll dig it out. Mm. I think we should replay it. Okay. He w- he went off, off his nut. I had to prescribe some medication to him live on air. <laughs> yes, I did. He admitted he had high blood pressure. Mm. And, um, well, you would. We might we might try and dig that out and listen to Jim. He's not a happy bunny. Uh, no, not a bunny. Not a happy rooster at all uh, over the Latrell Mitchell uh, incident. But as I was saying, uh, if you've got some thoughts on that, um, love to hear from you. There have been a number of other incidents too. I'll be talking, as I said earlier, to uh, a little bit later on to Greg McCallum and get his thoughts on some things that have happened over the weekend. With the Latrell, um, and to those uh, joining us again uh, from New Zealand, who uh, they joined us for the first half hour alone. So welcome uh, to our Sydney audience. Also welcome to uh, our Gold Coast audience with us now. Uh, but but I was saying with the reckless uh, hit from, from Latrell Mitchell, and this is what Greg McCallum was telling me yesterday, you know, what we are asking really, blokes like Henry Perinara in the bunker to do on the spot, we're asking them to pretty much summarise 
an incident on the run. What I'm saying is, so you need to say, looking at that incident from Latrell, you need to be able to decide whether that's a careless one, grade two, grade three. Is it a reckless grade one, grade two or what? And people in the bunker don't have that expertise or experience in terms of match review committee experience and charge sheet experience to really know enough about it. Mm. Um, And we'll talk to Greg tonight about it. Um, Clearly, it was a send-off offence. Clearly, it was. If you had someone in the bunker that had match review panel experience or was very well-educated in that area, they would be able to see after a couple of replays Mm. and tell the referee through the bunker that is definitely a a reckless tackle. Mm. And for a reckless tackle, send-off. Okay? Black and white. Reckless tackle, send-off. Careless, on report, sim bin. You know what I mean? So that's that's where we're sort of heading. But there's been a whole lot of knock-on effects, haven't they? The Roosters Club, the way they've had to deal with it, and there's more allegations coming out today um, that Roosters officials were um, abusing match officials. The club's been fined $40,000, which, uh, which I touched on uh, a moment ago. Um, but as I say, the, you know, Apart from the damage done to Joey, and I feel for Joey, he's, I don't know Joey at all, but they all say he's a great, great fella, mm. great young fella, and good mate of Latrell as well. Um, as I was touching on earlier, again, I just think yeah, Latrell's had a history of this. He's got a history of this, and this year as well, in terms of being put on, being charged mm. and and suspended. But it's his behaviour and his mannerisms. I think he needs to be. Um, he needed to show some remorse. He really did. Uh, but then again, if he was sent off, we wouldn't probably be having this conversation either. Mm. People would have said, right, fair enough. You, you've done your, your your crime. You've got your time. Send off was the right way to go. Mm. Anyway, it's it's a big, big story. I was um, interested when I heard James Tedesco talking yesterday about the whole incident. Let's uh, let's replay that for you now. Uh, yeah, he just said it. He just said he, he just said he didn't he didn't mean it. It was an accident. So I don't know. It, happen, it happens pretty quick when you're a fullback, and you know, Troy. I don't think would do it on purpose, but it's just it's forceful contact to, to the head. So it's whether it's accident or um, or not, it's still it's it causes someone to break you know, a fair amount of bones in his face. It must be pretty uh, pretty forceful and into the head. So I know like you just can't do that. If it's yeah, you just can't. You just got to learn the lessons from that. He, he plays with. Fire and passion, that's what makes him um, such a great player. But I guess to find that balance of um, yeah, not overstepping the line. And, you know, I don't think you don't want to be breaking people's faces. So I think yeah, there was obviously a few frustrating parts about it. And I think it's good for Robert to, to speak his mind. And um, I mean, I think he'll probably get fined, I think. But yeah, it's good for him. I think a lot of people found it a, a positive that he was able to speak his mind and um, let him know what he thought. Yeah, so there is James Tedesco um, and basically saying, you know, it was not intentional, um, not intentional, but you can't go breaking players' faces, you know. And, like, we don't want to change. If I was Latrell's coach, I wouldn't want to change his um, his aggression, the way he throws himself in 100 miles an hour at everything. That's the way he does it. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're applauding him for that. And it's that very um, style makes Luttrell what he is. But it's also that very style that can have serious consequences. And one of them, when you're charging in like that, 
like a bull at a gate trying to bowl Joey Manu over. And he wasn't trying to take his head off, but the way it ended, there's no room for error or very little room for error. And things can go horribly wrong when you are like that. When you play with that aggression, with that intent, with that speed, there's not a lot of room for error. You know, and so you, I think he's just got to rethink his style. He really does have to rethink his style. Um, he won't have to temper it too much, but just have options. Have options, you know. If you're going in at that speed, just what if? What if this happens? What if this happens? How do I get out of it? How do I get out of it? Now, I was curious today. Well, not curious. Well, I was interested, and I listened intently to what South Sydney, their viewpoint on the whole thing about their teammate. They will be without Latrell Mitchell for the rest of the season and for a few games next year as well. Many people, myself included, have uh, ruled the Rabbitohs out of, uh, of title contention. I, I see they can't do it without Latrell Mitchell. Um, their halfback and, uh, and skipper Adam Reynolds, who's off to the Broncos next year, he spoke today um, about Latrell. Let's listen to what he had to say. What's happened's happened. We've moved past it. We're looking forward. Obviously, we can't look, look back now. Um, we've got a pretty weak, pretty important week in front of us. Obviously, we've got to get things right. Um, there's only one game to go before the semis, so um, our focus is there. Do you feel any need to defend him in any way? I mean, like um, the the inference by some people that this was some sort of deliberate attack is probably hard to to cop. Oh, look, no, no player goes out there to deliberately hurt someone. Um, that's that's basically all I'm going to say on the situation. And, we're, we've just moved on. Um, we can't control what's happened now. We've got to move on and, and worry about what's in front of us. Obviously, um, it's a good opportunity for some of the younger boys to get a, a game this week, and, and that's what we're looking forward to. Adam Reynolds there uh, talking to the incident and uh, the, I guess, the aftermath of, of what has happened. And I think that might have been Channel 9's Danny Weidler there asking that question by the sound of his voice, regardless of who it was. Um, yeah. People are saying or intimating that it was, or suggesting. Some some people are outright saying that it was an intentional attack to the head, deliberate. No way in the world. And I agree with Adam Reynolds there. There's no way in the world any player goes out there in this day and age to maim an opponent, you know, to attack their head. It's just not done. It's just not done, you know. That, that they are dinosaur years when that used to happen. And believe me, you me, it did used to happen. It did happen, but the game has changed so much over the past you know, 20, 30 years. No one in their right mind goes out there. Well, not in their right mind. I'll say no player goes out there deliberately trying to hurt an opponent's head. Yeah, they want to go out there and hurt them. Not a problem. Doing it legally. They want to go out there and bowl them off their feet. Hit them as hard as they can. Take them off if you can. That's your job. Hit them with everything. But you've got to do it legally. Got to do it legally. Latrell did it recklessly. And he's got to learn to adjust his style. He really does. Because if he's a million-dollar player, is he going to play every game every year? Or is he going to be serving time on the sidelines, extended time on the sidelines like he currently is and like he has this year? He's got to change. He's got to wake up. He's only young. He's very talented. But he needs some help along the way. His teammate, Campbell Graham, also stuck up for him. Uh, Look, it happened in the game and, uh, you know, there was no intent in what happened, I don't believe. I don't think he's gone out there to hurt anyone. And he's a physical player, um, you know, and the match review committee's handled it. It's copied six weeks, so that's it. 
how hard will it be to replace a guy like him? Oh, everyone knows what he brings. He's, you know, one of the best players in the game. But like Tass has been working really hard and every time he's played, he's, he's stepped up and, um, you know, we're confident in our whole squad um, to, to step up whoever comes in. I think that's been a real positive for our team this year is whenever anyone across the park is, uh, you know, pulled up with an injury or suspension, whoever's filled in has done a great job and, um, you know, we just keep going from there and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. What are your thoughts on all the Roosters players, you know, speaking out against him in, in, in the media and stuff? I haven't seen any of that. I don't know. I don't know what their reaction has been. And they're looking out for their teammate, and I'll look out for mine. And uh, you know, I haven't seen any of that. And we're not worried about that. We're worried about ourselves. And I'm looking forward to this week to you know see young players that can put their best foot forward. And we've already dumped last week. It's it is what it is. And you know, we got bigger things coming. and We got finals. So. In saying that, Campbell, how is Trell? It's the second year in a row that he'll miss finals. Last year through injury, this year through suspension. How's he been around the group, mate? I'm sure he's, you know, I, I personally haven't, you know, talked to him that much, but I'm sure he's, you know, upset. He's missed the last, uh, you know, end of this year. And it's a shame, but uh, he's, he's got confidence in us that we're going to go all the way. And that's the same feeling amongst the group. And, like I said, one person's out and another person's in, and um, you know we, we don't rely on the troll. We, we, you know, we're confident in, a, in our squad that we can, you know, come up and win. So, and, and we've done that throughout the year. Like I said, when he's been missing, so um, you know, I've got full confidence heading forward, and I'm sure he does as well. As you said, mate, you haven't really spoken to him that much, but um, being a teammate of yours over the last two years, he's a guy that is polarizing. Um, more often than not for being a superstar, but sometimes for um, having his actions on the field questioned. How do you see him dealing with those sort of reactions? I don't want to see Latrell change his game at all. Um, I love what he brings on the field. I love his aggression and his intent on the field. You know, sometimes things go wrong on a footy field and that's it. You know, sometimes you're on the wrong end of it. and You know, it's a shame. You don't ever want to see anyone from opposition teams get hurt. You know, that's not what our game's about, but a game, you know, there is a place for aggression and physicality in our game, and Latrell brings that. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it goes wrong, and like I said, no one wants to see that. I don't want to see that, but, um, you know, sometimes that's just how it is, and Latrell's <clears throat> definitely not the only player who gets it wrong. No, he's not. There's Campbell Graham, but i tell you what, Campbell, he gets it wrong more than most. Huh? He gets it wrong more than most, and and I agree with you, Um Nothing wrong with aggression on the field. We don't want to lose that. But when you say that he doesn't need to change anything, well, I, I disagree with young Campbell Graham there. I think Latrell does need to change something. And he needs to change it quickly uh, because he's doing himself no favours. He's doing his club no favours. And he's doing opposition players no favours at the moment. He needs to adjust his style. You can't be running in there at a bullet a gate in an aggressive way like that without an onus or a duty of care for the player that's on the end of it, okay? And the way he's going about it, as I say before, there's very little room for error, and it can go horribly wrong very, very quickly, as it has done. Just ask Joey Manu. Let's uh, wrap uh, the weekend that was. 
Welcome to the weekend wrap of round 24 and what a match we had on Thursday night. Knights against the Titans to all but secure the winner's place in the top eight. Man goes left-hand side. Kalen, short ball. Mitchell Pearce gets over, gets it down. Well, if you wanted your two stars to drag you back into the game, that's it. Kalen Ponga to Mitchell Pearce. Try to the Knights. Kick to come. There's only two points in it. Fogarty, they went to the right. Here he is. Big Dave. Big Dave winds up. Gets down low and gets over. There's three defenders there. Somehow he just sliced his way through. That's what you got to do. Gold Coast go to the lead again. Here it is. Pierce is there. Can he win it for them? 14 all the scoreline. 15-14 the yeah. scoreline. Mitchell Pierce has done it. The Knights get home wow. just again against the brave Gold Coast Titans. Mitchell Pierce returning to form with a bang. A try and a field goal enough to guide his side home. On Friday night, the Raiders and the Warriors were both looking to keep their seasons alive. Down the sideline. Goes away to Rapina. He's got supporters. Sebastian Chris. The pass was a little bit wayward. It won't matter. And he'll score a try. He will score the try. He's second of the second half, Sebastian Chris. But I've got to tell you this, Finchie. Forward pass? I think there's a hint of a forward pass. Yes. The first one from Whiten. It won't matter. It'll be a try. It'll be a square up because the first try for the Warriors was a forward pass. And they're back in this. The Raiders have it 35 metres out. Whitehead to the right-hand side. Frawley. He goes back to the middle. He linked up with Corey Horsburgh. He flicks it out the back. Goes away down to Hudson Young. He linked up with Sebastian Chris. Here's Rapina. Rapina heading for the corner. Got him for one. Rapina running. Running away with the victory. He plants the ball down. Jordan Rapina. Jordan Rapina, the star of the show, in a comeback win that kept the Raiders' hopes of a top eight finish alive. Then it was time for another chapter in the book of feuds. Here's a ball from Walker. Goes to Gagai. Gagai stepped away from one. He couldn't step away from another. He had five in support and didn't want to pass. Here they go. Right side. Latrell will just charge at him and score the try. Now he stands over it. Oh, slams the ball down. Got pushed away from Tedesco. Don't worry. The emotions are still running high. A double act from Latrell Mitchell, breaking the game open with his talent after fracturing Joey Manu's cheekbone with his shoulder. Souths will be without their outstanding fullback for the rest of the season after his heroics against the old enemy. The Cowboys look to end their losing streak against the Dragons on Saturday. Greenville fade left, went right, Tommy Dearden, crossfield kick, he's leaping high, Caulfield scores! They are flying high, the Cowboys. It's about to be 32 points to 20 with a kick to come. A flying Kyle Felt put a smile on Todd Payton's face for the first time in more than two months. The Sharks needed a win against the Broncos to retain their spot in the eight at Suncorp. And it goes to Kennedy, there's the pass, there's the move, there's it comes on to Katoa, in and away from Milford, in and away from Glenn, up to the 10, he's got no one to give it to. Katoa, now he finds his man, and Tracy slides over. Connor Tracy's try just before halftime, proving the difference as they held off a fast-improving Broncos side to hold the chasing pack at bay. Then a ripper on Saturday, the Storm entering as heavy favourites against Parramatta and looking to become the first side in NRL history to win 20 games on the trot. Halfway through this set, Lussie, Dylan Brown, Moses, ready to flood it out, Jefferson, Ferguson, Togan, the Ferguson Gymnastics <laughs> and Ferguson come to the fore. Lassie, Dylan Brown, half a chance, can't run away. Dunks to Wibbert, Lassick is in support. What a moment! Joey Lassick. The 
Eels had different ideas. Blake Ferguson with a brilliant brace in his return to the side before Lussick put the icing on a terrific performance. Suddenly, Parramatta are premiership contenders again. On Sunday, the Sea Eagles trailed the Bulldogs at half-time. Jack Trebojevic, Dylan Walker, now for Foreland, back for Tom Trebojevic. He may not have got it down. Well, what a tackle. Jack Hedrington has tried his best. Bit of work to do to get the ball down after the, the tackle from Hedrington. Oh, he did get his arm under the ball. He denied him on the first. He, oh, oh hang he on dropped a second. that. On. A controversial Drabojevic try, turning the tide and resulting in a 36-18 win for Manly. Finally, the Panthers got the better of a stubborn Tigers side to finish the round. Coruscant's at acting half, gives it there to Cleary, who finds Pangai, and they try the one-on-one steal, they all drop off, and Pangai keeps going and scores. Well, they had four all over him, they gave the call to drop off for a one-on-one steal, the only problem was they were only eight metres out from the goal line and Pengai kept going and scored. And that is the Weekend Wrap. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Order! 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 Yes, here he is, uh, Greg McCallum. Uh, well, he's not a judge uh, these days. He's actually a marriage celebrant. Um, but <laughs> he, he has a fair idea of what goes on around the round table. Uh, former head of the match review committee, obviously, and uh, a very good former first-grade referee with a, a few grand finals under his belt as well. And he joins us uh, most Mondays. He jumped on the line yesterday, and we had a chat too on NRL Match Day. Uh, good evening, Greg McCallum. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, everyone. Another busy weekend. 17 players, I think, I've seen uh, charged. Yeah, I, I'm sort of getting my head around what's happened in the last um, 72 hours in rugby league. It's just coming up to the, the finals. You'd like to think that things were calming down, but there's certainly mm-hmm. still a large number of players making contact with the head, causing charges to be laid and some of them quite serious. Well, let's talk about the big one and uh, we spoke about it yesterday. The, let's call it the, the minute of madness of mayhem between South and the Roosters. Latrell Mitchell, uh, that shoulder reckless grade two um, to the head of Joey Manu. Joey Manu's now had surgery, had three plates inserted. Latrell's been rubbed out for six weeks. Uh, there have been further knock-on effects as well. The club has been fine for other things that um, the, the coaches' post-match press conference and comments, other issues and players and officials and, and things that happened on the sideline. So there's been a whole lot of fallout um, to this incident. And apart from the damage, I was saying earlier, apart from the damage to, to Joey's face, the, the other two big fallouts from this or impacts, the Souths are probably no chance of making the finals now and the Roosters next to no chance of going far in the finals uh, because of this incident alone, um, six weeks. We we know that that you know, that's that's the early guilty plea. Um, there were some people wondering why it took so long for them to deliberate on the field and why they didn't send Latrell Mitchell off. Why he got ten minutes? And we know now, Greg, that uh, the NRL have, have pretty much held their hands up and said that was a mistake. Yeah, look, it was clearly, in my view, clearly a send-off, and I think that we need to get to that stage, as we've discussed, that you've, you've got some expertise uh, involved in the decision-making at that critical time because 
if he'd been sent from the field, Chris, I don't think we would have had a lot of this trouble that's gone on no. in the uh, in the two days afterwards. I think we've got to get to the stage where predictability comes back in. When you see an incident like that with the outcome that we saw, then the expectation is that he would be sent from the field mm. and not given 10 minutes in the bin. I, uh, I don't want to discourage Luttrell... Um... I like that part of his game, that he throws everything into it, that he is aggressive, okay? And I think we, we do like that about him. But when you do that, you've got to also be very, very careful because things could go wrong in an instant, which they did, and which he's now paying the price for. And I think uh, why he's not winning too many votes with public opinion was his, his behaviour after that incident. There was no remorse, um, and he was still carrying on in, in that type of way. So... Um, he's probably got some lessons to learn and, and one of them, and chief of which I think is he's got to adjust his, his playing style because he's now got a, quite a long quite a long uh, rap sheet. We've touched on this many times this year, Greg. You again, and, and we'll say it again, you think there should be better expertise in the bunker. Someone in the bunker that can look at an incident, incident rather in a matter of seconds, if not a minute, and almost on the run put a grading on that. For example, if I was in there and I had match review committee experience or you were in there, more, more to the point, you saw that and you could immediately say that's a reckless one, a reckless two or a reckless three. It's definitely reckless. Then the bunker official would push the button. That's a send-off. Yeah, we need to get to that because um, there are too many incidents throughout the season, not just the one with uh, Latrell Mitchell and... Joe Manu, there are incidents throughout the season where players have ended up with four, five, six weeks suspension. Now, mm. they're incidents that really should spring to mind, um, that there should be a dismissal. And it's amazing when you are in a role like the Match Review Committee, how you can recall incidents that have happened, particularly over a 12-month period, where you can say, look, there's, there's going to be a comparable to that. Mm. Somebody's been suspended earlier in the year for a similar sort of tackle. Uh, and that makes it, you know, it makes it an easy decision to make, and it makes it predictable that there should be a dismissal. And I think, yeah, as I said in in this case here, we don't want Latrell Mitchell to change his aggression. We we don't want Radley to change his. We don't want Angus Crichton to change theirs. But the system at the moment is demanding that they do change because um, players players are being injured by uh, incidents that aren't careless but are reckless. Mm. And Latrell's Tackle the other night was a reckless tackle. Mm. There are a couple of other incidents over the weekend, and we won't go through all the charges. There's just too long, really, for us to go through. I, I want to talk about a couple of things in yesterday's game, Greg. Um, rewind last week, and there was a Bulldogs player. He was sent to the sin bin, right? So he copped exactly what Latrell Mitchell copped, 10 minutes in the sin bin. Um, this was for pulling a bloke's hair, headgear. Now, his teammate yesterday, his Canterbury teammate, yesterday was put on report for pulling Marty Tapao's hair. What's it coming to, Mr. McCallum? Honestly. <laughs> Look, I, I think you can argue last week that the pulling of the headgear um, is, is probably not in the best interest of the game. We want people to wear headgear as, as a sign of protection. Our parents like the kids playing in headgear. So I think that's a, somewhere we've got to protect that. But yesterday, that was, on, a, to me, a sin complete bin? accident. Sin a complete bin? accident. Yeah. Last no, week. he didn't go to the sin bin. Last week. Last week, though. No, last week he did. Yeah, last week he went to the sin bin. Mm. Yesterday's was an accident. He tried to pull the back of the jersey, and the 
braided locks of um, Marty Tapao were in his hand, and in fact, he let go. Straight away. He let go. As soon as he realised he had his hair, he let go. Mm. Um, to me, that was, again, the bunker coming in over the top um, and creating a decision that I think causes a lot of confusion. I, see. I think mm. we'll be really careful. If the bunker's going to be involved, they've got to come in at the very right time, not, not come in and create mass confusion week in, week out, and that's what's happening at the moment. Mm. Another incident out of yesterday's match. Um, how on earth, please, please help me understand this, how that try was given to uh, Tommy Trebojevic when clearly it was held up for an eternity and failed to regather and ground the ball. Well, I, I thought watching it, I thought he lost the ball and I was really surprised that um, so much time was spent trying to analyse um, whether he'd regathered the ball. Um, throughout the season, players who have lost the ball, if it's bobbled in the hand, have to regain control of it. In some ways, he had control of it, but he'd actually lost it out of his hand. And whilst his finger may have been on it, to me, that's not creating downward pressure or having control. And again, we sort of sway from one to the other, uh, whether that is a try. You know, six weeks ago, we were told that wasn't a try. But mm. yesterday, it was a try. And that's confusing for people. It's very confusing, and, and we're also, uh, over the weekend, and it's, it's raised its ugly head again, and more so over the weekend than previous weeks, I think, players laying down, trying to milk the penalty, mm. waiting for the bunker to have a look at it, and, and nine times out of ten, they, they get the penalty they're after. I thought there were a, a couple of really poor examples of that in, in the Melbourne Storm game. I thought there were a couple of incidents there where players, I don't really think, were put in a position where there was contact or any direct contact to the head, um, and the game was stopped and a penalty was given. And, and that doesn't reflect well on. And, and it's actually damaging what the game's trying to do. I, I fully support, as I've said all year, the game taking care of the players' um, welfare and, and health in, in regards to head knocks. But when you've got players that are milking penalties, or apparently doing that, it doesn't help the situation. And I think you know, if we can just get decision-making clean and crisp, but we need the players to play their part in that as well. Fancy coming back to referee? <laughs> uh, look, I, I, the mind would love to. I don't think the body would cope oh. so well, particularly with the training aspect. The training would yeah, be no, hard. Be no good for you. That. No good for you. Look, there might, be a, there might be a place for you in the bunker somewhere because I reckon they, they need all the help they can get at the moment. Greg, we'll leave it there, mate. I appreciate you, you jumping on the line and we'll, we'll chat again, no doubt, next week. Pleasure. Always, always an honour to be on. Great Thank stuff. You. There he is, Greg McCallum, uh, former head of the NRL uh, Match Review Committee, former first-grade referee, friend of the show, and these days he is a marriage celebrant. So if you uh, happen to be thinking about getting married, and that's your, your decision, uh, Google Greg McCallum, marriage celebrant. You're listening to Higher Ground. We'll be here until midnight, so nice if you can stay the full length of the journey. If you have to disembark at a point uh, juncture prior to the end point, well, that's totally your prerogative, and uh, you'll probably be heading off uh, to catch a few Zeds. Um, but nice to have you listening right now. If you want to jump on the phone, if you've got something you'd like to say, uh, weigh into the, uh, the the conversation. Uh, can be about Latrell, can be about uh, the Rabbitohs, can be about the Roosters. Uh, your season's over, and what about Josh Morris? I mean, how how good a um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not looking for ambassador. I'm looking for ornament. He's been an ornament for the to the game, hasn't he? 
um, more than 300 appearances. So he too uh, is bowing out at the end of this season. Uh, came into the competition with his twin and they're going to go out together. I think it's a, a lovely uh, gesture on his part, but um, he made that announcement today. Uh, my, my young bloke was watching the, I think it was on Fox Sports, he was watching and I'm in my office doing a bit of prep for uh, for this show and um, my little fellas, Joey, saying, Dad, why, why is Josh, why is Josh, uh, why is he retiring? Why is he retiring? And I was just saying, listen to him, listen. And Josh was there and giving all the reasons um, why he is retiring. So I pointed out to my son, listen to Josh and he'll tell you right now why he is retiring. Um, in a nutshell, he's, he's, he, he, his body has told him it's time, I think, you know, he... Um, wants to bow out at the right time and you, you get to a point where you you, you know, you just know you, you, mm. you can't function um, at the optimum level or the level that's needed um, to justify your position in the team and to justify mm. your wage and to be firing at 100%. There comes a point, there comes a point when you know that, um, well, you probably do a job, yeah. but you're not doing it to the standards that you've set yourself. And the standards that your teammates expect of you and your coach, etc. So he knows. Uh, he knows. Uh, keep those texts coming in. The tool, tool he's listening to, man. Uh, good to have you uh, on board, brother. Um, hey, Wawa. Uh, good point. Um, why uh, aren't Greg McCallum or Bill Harrigan in the bunker or at least asked to assist? They were both great officials and could mentor the refs. Be great for the game. Well, I'm not pushing... Um, Either case, I'm not an agent trying to get a gig and push Bill or, or Greg, but I think it is a good point that Greg make, and he make he's been making it for mm. all year since we've been talking to him. There needs to be someone in the bunker with match review experience. You can't just put a referee in there and ask him to be, yeah, you know, the judge and executioner there and then by himself when he hasn't got any experience about what all the gradings are hasn't spent years in the match review committee. Mm. But if you automatically can look at vision and look at that hit from Luttrell, you can automatically say that, my friend, is a reckless tackle. Therefore, ear of the referee, reckless tackle, sends him off. Especially guy like Greg with experience of the other side on the judiciary as well and the match review committee. Yes. Because there is a distinct lack of cohesion yes. between those two parties at the moment and someone with experience on both sides. Well, he's not jo- even I don't think Greg's jockeying yeah. for a no, job, no, no. But, but I think he's pretty busy. Well, actually, he's a, as I said, he's a marriage celebrant and uh, they're pretty quiet at the moment. There aren't too many people getting married right now, so maybe he is a few a weeks' quiet. time there will be. Yes, there you go. There you go. So uh, Google Greg McCallum, marriage celebrant, if you'd like to. Uh, and he does also a um, bit of a fancy dress gig too. He'll even wear the old yellow TNT referees uh, gear with the little white shorts, yellow socks. I think they had thin sort of red stripes around the top. Anyway, I can't remember. Uh, red. They might have been red socks, actually. I think they were. With the red top, I, I can see Greg Hartley now. Same sort of era, same vintage. Anyway, he'll do that for you. He'll stand at the end of... Um, not really the aisle. I don't think they do it so much in churches, do they? But at the altar or wherever you want to do it, um, in your auditorium or your venue, Greg McCallum, marriage celebrant. But yeah, um, I think he makes a valid point. You know, chill on, on a serious note that I think the bunker does need someone in there with match review experience that can make a decision on the hop. Mm. On the hop. 
Uh, so, yeah, there you go. We will be doing Wood Duck of the Week uh, tonight, like we do most uh, weeks. We'll also do our Rocketman Awards. Uh, I've been trying to get in touch with Elton, too, this week. Is that right? Elton John, Rocketman. Um, just that little jingle. you got, you got a Rocketman there, too, so people might not know what we do. Basically, Rocketman is our award, higher ground here. That's what we are. Um, our Dally M Award of the Year. Uh, we call it Rocketman. And at the end of the year, which is approaching rapidly, I'll remind you, um, we give out three, two, and one each and every week. Rocket Man. We'll do it a bit later on in the show. And um, I've been trying to see if I can get Elton John here. So the trophy, we've got the trophy. It's not quite finished yet. They've been in touch too, by the way, the um, engravers or the trophy cabinet house. Uh, it's a bronze statue of Elton holding his balls. And the um, students, two students. And that's it. So he's going to give out, hopefully, give out mm. the Rocket Man Award. But so I, I got my people trying to talk to his people. When I say my people, I mean me. I've been trying to track him down. I'm getting close because I'd like him to come out and present the award. And at this stage, it looks like Tommy Turbo's going to get it. He's got both his hands on both of Elton's balls, oh, both of the on the trophy, basically. Anyway, so I'm getting closer is all I'm saying to our mm. listeners because I've been saying this all year. We'll try and get Elton here mm. and he can hand the award over COVID safe with the mask on and uh, we'll get the winner in here if we can, if we can do it legally. Be star power that night. There'd be codes and all, well, with you, me, Elton, and maybe Tommy Trebojevic. Tri- They'd have to scan the code on the way in, mm. um, sterilise the balls. Elton's balls have to sterilise them. What I'm saying is like, I'm getting closer. Okay, so I I might be able to get him here. If I can't get him in the studio, I'm going to maybe ask him to send us a cheerio, a little message of support. So that's Rocket Man. Uh, I divert. We're going to do Wood Duck of the Week tonight as well, very, very shortly. Um, so keep those texts coming through if you've got any nominations for Wood Duck of the Week. I'm trying to just search for a story, and I, I saw it on um, – NRL 360 tonight, which I, I think we probably should bring to your attention because it's a bit of a, um, a current talking point. Uh, and again, it's all to do with the uh, the fallout of Latrell Mitchell's hit on Joey Manu. We know in the aftermath what happened on the sideline. Uh, the club has since been fined uh, $40,000. There's also another separate investigation going on around Jared Warrior Hargreaves. It is alleged that he had a bit of a scuffle or a, an altercation of some sort with a Channel 9 cameraman. So uh, that's a, a separate issue again. Um, but this story is uh, on the Daily Tele- Telegraph website, and uh, I saw it reported on Fox uh, Sports tonight. So the allegation is uh, that uh, South Sydney forward Jaden Sewer told his teammates and officials and club coaching staff that he was insulted by Trent Robinson at halftime last Friday night. Okay, now that's an allegation that the Roosters coach angrily denies. Um, I'm just reading through this article now. Um, The NRL is aware of the allegation, but won't investigate unless South Sydney lodge a formal complaint. So they're going to leave it be unless the Bunnies go to them and lodge a formal complaint. So Souths have spoken to the NRL about the alleged incident and did hope that the matter would be not require an investigation. 
Um, it goes on to say, Sewer told members of South's coaching staff that Robinson called him a thug. Uh, Robinson, Robinson bristled at the allegation when contacted by the Daily Telegraph, describing the assertion as being completely untrue. Rabideau's uh, chief executive, Blake Solly, who we've had on this program, he lay, labelled Sewer uh, a young man of great integrity and character who plays the game in the right spirit. Okay, so there you are. We're going to be reading more about that. Um, Robbo, though, says, no, it's completely untrue. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if someone's misinterpreted something or heard something or I don't know. Anyway, it'll go on. Uh, but every way, every which way you look, there seems to be fallout from this uh, this incident. The minute of madness, Mad Rushing. Minute of madness, mayhem. Um, Wood Duck of the Week, quack, quack. We will sleep. Yeah. Time for that? Time for that. So turn your mic on if you Time want. For that. If you want to play this game, you've got to turn your mic on. Um, nominations. Nominations. Let me see. Have we got to any... Uh, they're not coming through thick and fast like they were last week. Maybe that... Text uh, from the Central Coast here. Has he got a nomination? Oh, there he is. Joe Tex. Stimson. Yes. <laughs> Put him in. Put him in. Uh, not, not, not awarding it to... So this was yesterday's game. Mm. Uh, Joe has uh, grabbed Marty... God, uh, Marty Tapao's hair. Okay. Now, now, I've already spoken about this tonight. Do we need to introduce a hair bin to go with the sin bin and the blood bin? I'm serious. This is happening far too often, Mad Russian. Last week, we had a player sent to the sin bin for pulling on Kalen Ponga's hair, headgear. And this week, we've got a player, Joe Stimson. He's been, he was put on report for grabbing Marty Tapao's hair. I do know no charge was laid, which indicates to me that someone got it wrong. However, Graham Andersley, I think, I, no, I don't think. I'm not sure, actually. I'll just be careful what I say there. I, I, I thought that he supported the decision. I think he did. I'll back myself here. I think Graham Annesley supported the decision um, to put him on report and penalise him. You have a look for that. I'd also like to replay it if we can. Um, Vossi was calling it, wasn't he? Vossi and I think Brandi were calling that game yesterday. Let's let's relive it, shall we? And they will sit home, late offload, Lawton to Powell to take on Stimson and a high tackle. You can't grab one that long. Yeah, he, he grabbed him by the hair, hair. is the penalty. Oh, Not yeah, a high yeah. tackle. They're saying grabbed him by the hair. It's on report, mate. Oh, my goodness. Here really? we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, my goodness. Here we go. Um, yeah, come on, come on, come on. What, what's the game coming to? Um, get a haircut, Marty. It's not Marty's fault. <laughs> well, it is. It is in part Marty's fault. Mm. It's his hair. Um, Joe grabbed it and let go straight away. You know, but what about Jay Knockenball? How long's his hair? Mate, you, he could be a prop in Tarzan. I'm not talking a front row forward. I'm talking a prop like a tree. Just swing off his hair. You can bungee jump off it. Mm. What's that one with the window cleaner? What do they, what do they call Abseil. You know, off the building. <laughs> you could use Jay Knockenball's hair. Mm. Unravel it. My goodness. 
I'm not a rap of big long hair in the game. It can't be aerodynamic either, mm. nor aerodynamic. You with me? <laughs> you got to push that button there occasionally. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. What are we going to do with that? That's got to be in there. Mm. Joe. Oh, but does Joe? Joe doesn't get Wood Duck of the Week for that. You don't think so? The referee. Oh, the referee. I would have thought, wouldn't you? Why are you grabbing a plate? I know he's trying to tackle him, but to get your plate, get your fingers caught in a player's hair. But hang on. If a player's got got long hair, Russian, if if, if a player's got long hair, right, let's say like Jade Nockenball or even Marty Tapao, and he's clearly like me in need of a haircut, Mm. right, Marty, but he chooses to, to wear it long. I'm just unkempt at the moment because I don't have a barber to go to. Right, my target, if I'm tackling you, right, and you're Marty and your hair's down to your the start of your, your backside, right, and I grab hold of your shirt, there's every chance I'm going to grab some hair as well. Now, hair's part of the head, right, last I checked? You're not meant to target the head either. Well, what I'm saying, if hair is part of the head... Is that contact direct contact to the head and forceful? <laughs> Don't laugh. I'm serious here because this is probably what they're saying. No. The hair is part of the head. But what I'm saying, if your hair is down to your backside, I'm trying to tackle you and grab some of your shirt, there's a very good chance I'm going to get some hair in my hand, mm. right? Well, I shouldn't get penalised for that. You're gaining an unfair advantage by having this big shield on your back where I can't touch. Yeah, here, are you following me? Mm. You're not really, are you? No. <laughs> You're not. You're gaining an unfair advantage if you've got all this long hair and I can't touch your jersey around that hair for fear of being penalised or put on report or even sin binned. It's an unfair advantage to someone that has long hair. For someone that has long hair, mm. they're gaining an unfair advantage. Um, Tex says, would like to nominate Ryan Pappenhau. Yes. Tex? So what happened here, Chris? Because you were calling this game. Yes, this was funny. This was funny. I didn't see it. So we'll put we'll find out who the referee was mm. for that game yesterday. Because I, I don't think Joe needs to get put in as Wood Duck of the Week. He let go of the hair like it was a hot potato. As soon as he knew he was hanging on to one of those dreadies, he, he let go of it. Um, yeah, Tex says we'd like to nominate Ryan Pappenhausen. Okay, so if you didn't see this game, Parramatta Manly, the great upset of the season on uh, Saturday night, I'm just trying to relive it. So Nico Hines, I'm sure it was Nico. I hope I get this right. Nico Hines made a break or someone made a break. Nico Hines ended up with the ball. So Melbourne Storm on the attack. They're about 20 metres out uh, from the Parramatta goal line. Parramatta are retreating and they haven't got numbers in the line in defence. So the Storm, though, out on the eastern side of the ground, they've got them shot, shot for numbers. We've got to get the ball out there and get it out there quick. Trouble is, Nico Hines, he's injured. Can't get up. Can't play the ball. So Pappenhausen, I'm sure it was Pappenhausen picking Hines up. It might have been the other way around here. No, it was. Pappenhausen picks up Nico Hines, both arms, back of the jersey, picks him up like a rag doll. Nico is almost knocked out. Can't do anything. He just musters enough energy to to play the ball with his right leg. Uh, Pappenhausen in at dummy half and shoots the ball out to the other side of the field, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they scored on that on that play. But it was uh, it was quite comical. Um, so I don't think we we throw Pappas in there as Wood Duck of the Week because it was quite clever what he did. Um, just goes to show that's the desperation, isn't it? Thinking on your feet. If it was me, I'd be probably 
You right, Nico? You right, buddy? Ref, ref, play. No, he picked him up. Play the bloody ball. He played it like a, a rag doll. Uh, Chrissy, uh, Wood Duck of the Week is Henry Perinara. Please read below. Sadly, this ugly Mitchell event was avoidable. Um, the NRL has let Joey Manu down and the game down. And I've got a bit of text missing there. And there's no name on that one, but you know who you are. Um, Henry Perinara. He was the uh, the man in the bunker for the Souths and the Roosters game. And um, he had every opportunity to tell the referee, Ashley Klein, that that was a send-off offence and that chose not to, but rather chose to tell him or advise him that it's a sin bin offence. Um, and Henry was uh, subsequently demoted over the weekend because he was supposed to be in the box for the Parramatta-Melbourne game as well. We can't give it to Henry again. Henry's already won it. And I think there is he a has. rule, isn't there? Is there a rule? I think we need well, to We write. haven't given it to anyone twice. It's not the spirit of the, no. the award to, to pile on. I think Henry's been given his due this week. He's copped you? enough, Henry, and I like Henry. He's a lovely bloke. Good fella, been on the program. No, he's not getting it. But thanks for your text anyway. I know where you're coming from. I'm not about to um, I'm not about to be a Henry Perinara basher, um, but he advised uh, Chris Sutton. Was it Chris Sutton? Well, not Ashley. No, Ashley was an R. Yeah. It was Sutton. Ashley was a previous game. That's right. With Henry in the box. Yep. I tell you what that was. I reckon that might have been Madison and Felice Kafusi incident. Perhaps Parramatta. Got a better better memory than me there. The last time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, Sutton did yesterday's game. Yeah. Sutton did Sutton yesterday. Did yesterday's right. Game. Okay. I'm getting get my wires crossed. So Sutton did yesterday's game. So where, okay, where Stimson grabbed the hair and was um, put on report. So Chris Sutton is nominated. He's in. Henry Perinara, a nomination, but he's not getting the award. And Ryan Pappenhausen, I can't give it to Ryan. I thought what he did, that was, although although it was a little cruel to poor old Nico Hines, I think it was pretty clever. So the winner of the Wood Duck of the Week for this week Heading into the break is the referee, Chris Sutton. Yes, hope you are feeling alive and uh, you're probably a little bit uh, drowsy. It's almost bedtime, unless you're a shift worker and uh, it's more like maybe breakfast time for you. Whatever, great to have you uh, tuning in. We were talking about uh, and that Wood Duck of the Week award, the nomination, um, Chris Sutton, the referee that... Uh, put Joe Stimson yesterday on report for grabbing the hair of Marty Tapao. And I was sort of just joking around about long-haired players should cut their hair. It's not um, the tackler's fault that they grab some of the hair. At times, I mentioned Jaden Ockenbaugh, the um, the Canterbury winger. So he's got to have the longest hair in the world, or in the rugby league world, uh, in the NRL. Um, and Tex sent a, a message, and he sent another message, Tex. He's a fan of the show. He says, I'd like to reiterate that I do love um, Ockenbaugh's hair. Well, that's good, Tex. So I've, I've read that out um, for you. So is it a race in three or is it a race in four? A race in five or a race in six? I'm putting red line through bunnies. I'm putting red line through roosters. Melbourne, Penrith, Manly. And do we consider Parramatta now back in the title race? Are the Eels 
title contenders? Some say yes, some say you're kidding. Well, their form in the past six weeks or so has been pretty ordinary. However, the last couple of weeks has been much, much better. They beat the Cowboys and they beat Melbourne Storm on Saturday night. 22 points to 10. What an amazing victory. Did anyone tip them? Could anyone have possibly Mm. thought that could have happened? But keep in mind, they have beaten Melbourne not once but twice this year. So they have to be in the calculations. Mm. You cannot ignore that. For some reason, they're a bit of a bogey team for Melbourne Storm. And keep in mind, too, that they are missing a few key players, like most clubs are, Mm. except for Melbourne. They've got resting players. They've got either incredible luck or great management, um, but they're all almost at mm. full strength. But no Reed Marnie, been gone for a while. No Regan Campbell-Gillard. No Ryan Madison. Um, he's still out suspended. Um, and Mike Acevo. Of course. So Blake Ferguson did a great job. They all did a really good job. Junior Paulo was immense, in my opinion. It was one of the plays of the, of the weekend for me. It was only a little thin, uh, but the biggest man in the NRL – uh, chasing down the fastest man in the NRL when he chased down Addo Carr, which caused Addo Carr to go off with a hamstring injury. You know, I know he didn't have to chase him far, but he didn't give up. Mm. He made the chase and got the tackle. This is Junior Paulo, but his numbers were off the off the off mm. the page. Really good numbers, Junior Paulo. He'll be out though this weekend. Okay, he's accepted um, a one match ban, so he'll be missing for the crunch match uh, this weekend against uh, Penny Panthers. Great effort all round from Parramatta. Why don't we hear from um, Captain Clint Gutherson? He'll also be missing. He came off injured. Uh, we've also got coach there, Brad Arthur. We said it when when all that was coming out. Uh, we got him to the side and just said, mate, we'll back you to, back you to the death and don't listen to anything they're saying. And look, we're, we're real honest with him and we knew we were letting him down. And um, look, it's, can't wait to get in there, give him a hug and... Uh, just relax with him and, and just give him, a, give him a big kiss. We've got a lot of suffering members and um, fans back in, in Sydney and that was for them guys. You know, I've been in, been coaching for eight years. I love my job. You know, like I love all the highs and the lows with it and it's never about me, it's about the boys. I just want the boys to be happy. I hate losing. They hate losing. And, you know, I don't like seeing them disappointed after a game. So I'm just... You know, glad for them that you know they, they can walk in with a smile on their face and know that they're proud of their performance regardless of the result. I just want them to be proud of, of what they do you know, in that 80 minutes each week. Well, there is Brad Arthur and uh, Clint Gutherson. So Gutho, uh, he, I'm pretty sure he won't be playing this week and they'll probably rest a, a few players, I would, have, would imagine. Parramatta, um, yes, I know they still are a chance to finish uh, in the top four if things go their way but they have to beat Penrith at the weekend. Penrith will probably rest a few players as well, or maybe they won't, says their coach, because they are still in with a chance of getting the uh, minor premiership. Melbourne, will they rest players too? But the last thing they want um, is back-to-back losses going into the semis. So maybe they won't rest players. A few teams will, a few teams won't. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Bondi Jack has been uh, in touch and listening into us. So good evening to you, Bondi Jack. Uh, Chrissy, I'd say this text was from you earlier. Uh, I was trying to read it, but some of the text was missing. Um, he says the NRL has let Joey Manu and the game down. Um, 
by not acting on Latrell and Cody Walker's cheap shot grub acts in recent weeks. These are your words, not mine. Um, they both have grievances and both act as if they're entitled and protected and above the laws set for others. Further, I have been uh, texting you weekly for months saying Perinara always overturns the referee's call and should have been retired early by Maxwell. Trouble is, Maxwell is as incompetent as Henry, who will cop one game. Um, cheers, Bondi Jack. Well, I don't know what their punishment, if you call it that, to uh, Henry is. Uh, he was stood down last weekend after that mm. uh, event. I don't know what the plan is for this week. Uh, but there it is. Uh, this uh, program is for you to have your, have your comments. These are not my words. They're yours, and you're entitled to your opinion. And I guess that's what uh, Talkback Radio is all about. Yes, it is, and it will be higher ground with uh, me, Chris Warren, up until midnight. The Mad Russian is with me as well, and uh, we are taking your calls. If you want to call in the program, we will pick up the phone. It's like a little little bat line here. It'll flash red, and we'll pick it up, and we'll have a chat. You can talk to uh, our listeners as well. Um, now, we do have a uh, – you will be familiar with this if you are a regular listener to the show. We do have a six-pack rule. Uh, so basically, uh, when it gets around uh, 11 o'clock, which is coming up shortly. Um, we strongly encourage you to just use the text line if you've had more than uh, a six-pack of Sherby's, all right? So if you've had under six, good as gold, jump on the dog and bone and give us a um, give us an SG ball. Mm. Get off your paint hearse and uh, call, okay? Uh, but if you're yeah, feeling a little bit slurry, just just text us, you know? Mm. Same thing, really. And if you, you can tell me in the text that if you're feeling a little bit How's your father? You know, if you maybe had one too many sherbets, tell me in the text. And when I read your text out, I'll apply said level of intoxication to the way I read uh, your text. And I can generally tell anyway by the typos when we start getting around about this hour. Um, On a serious note, on a serious note, because I, as you well know, am not a comedian and never try to be a comedian, uh, I do appreciate humour. That's why I'm here with you tonight. Mm. Mad Russian. Um, Josh Morris, what a bloke, what a player. Yes. What players, in fact. Um, and we spoke about this at length when Brett announced his retirement after suffering the season-ending knee injury earlier this season. And you think about these guys. Have you ever heard or read anything that is not something but positive? About no. either of them? Never. Mm. No. Never, is there? No. Never any bitching or, or fighting or, or um, contract dramas or, or um, it's just, just been tick, tick, mm. tick, tick, green ticks the whole way through. Both of them are ornaments to the game and they should be very, very proud of, of what they've done. And both of them um, have gone out of the game pretty much at full strength, you know, at or near the peak of their their powers or their careers. Certainly Brett. Um, Brett, he was going like mm. gangbusters this year. And so Josh will bow out as well at the end of the season. I think he's back this week, actually, Josh Morris. Um, what's he been out with, Josh? I'll throw you on the spot. He did an ACL, sure. didn't he? No, Brett did. Oh, Brett. No, Josh. Josh. Josh is back this week. I'm oh, pretty yes. sure. Yes. I'm pretty sure, but I'm not quite sure what he was out with. But anyway, it doesn't matter, does it? So he had, let me have a look at some of these uh, figures here. 
157 tries across four clubs over 15, yeah, 15 years. So 322 games so far. Mm. Not bad, is it? Not bad. How old are they? You don't know that either. I shouldn't throw these things at you unannounced like that. Question without notice. But either way, um, just great fellas. Great fellas. And I, I, I don't know them well. I've met them a couple of times. I actually met them. I tell you where I met them. I met them in the south of France. This would have Is been. Right? Yeah. Well, they were playing for the kangaroos over there. Mm. Um, their dad was there as well. Mm. Slippery. He was there. I'm trying to work out where we were. It might have been Perpignan. Or it might have even been in Paris. I can't remember. Anyway, lovely family. Lovely family. Great fellas and and wonderful, wonderful footballers. I, I was saying, I was listening to uh, Josh early this evening to his um, his press conference, if you like, or his announcement. Um, and my young fellow was thinking, why is, he, why is he retiring? And I said, well, bloody listen to him. He's talking. So why don't we listen to Josh now? Today, after 15 years, I officially announced my retirement from football at the end of the 2021 season. It's uh, been a hell of a ride. Um, you know, I've been able to play in some of the biggest games and um, you know, form some of the best friendships that I'll have for life. Uh, the time is right. Um, it was probably uh, a decision I'd made uh, halfway through the season. Um, you know, the, the body... Um, yeah, he's, he's starting to fail me. Um, yeah, as an athlete, we're tuned into our bodies, and um, yeah, I missed a couple of games at the start of the year with calf complaints, and then had a lower back injury, and then uh, this significant hamstring injury. So, um, yeah, my body's telling me it's uh, it's it's time to hang them up, and manage to maximise the potential of my body. Um, and I'm very content with this decision. It's been a wonderful journey, and. Um, I have no regrets whatsoever um, to finish at a club like the Roosters um, with this fine group of men um, and what we've had to deal with throughout the year. Uh, I couldn't be any prouder of, of the position I'm in. No, you couldn't, mate. And Josh, you should really hold your hold your head high. Hold your head high because uh, you've done done some amazing, amazing things. And, and who knows, some good times might be there for you to come this year. I know many of us are ruling a red line through the Roosters' chances. You can understand why. What the club has done so far this year has been nothing short of amazing, um, courageous, to be applauded. Um, but what you have done, it's just been a pleasure to watch, Josh Morris. So uh, from me, mate, if you happen to be listening, and you're probably not at this late hour, uh, well done and good luck for the rest of the season. So I think a hamstring injury is uh, expected to play this weekend. Roosters play the Raiders on Thursday night. Roosters have to win that match and hope other results go their way if they would like to go into the top four. And uh, the Raiders, well, they simply must beat the Roosters and also hope that the Sharks get rolled by Melbourne if the Raiders are going to seal the or steal the eighth position in the playoffs. Bondi Jack, you sent me another text. I'm reading that one. Thank you, brother. Uh, titled Chrissy. I don't think it really is for public consumption, but thank you. And uh, good on you for doing that. I understand, understand fully. Now, uh, we're going to take a short break. When we return, Rocketman. 
Yes, it is higher ground and it will be higher ground. It's one minute past 11, uh, so it's almost past cuckoo o'clock there. So if you are sending those texts in, uh, just make sure you use spell check. If you want to jump on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, uh, we'll take your call. Uh, but we do have that six-pack rule. Keep the text coming through, 0457 736 736. Now time for this. Rocket Man and uh, the award, that is our equivalent to the Dally M Awards. If you are just tuning in, new to the show, you will not know that we do have the Rocket Man Awards each and every Monday. We hand out a one, two and a three points. So just the uh, one, two and three points from each weekend, uh, not on each game, but across the whole round. So we do have a, a table. Uh, Tom Trebojevic has a pretty handy lead at the moment. We're going all the way through to the grand final, though. And uh, we are endeavouring, as I said earlier tonight, we are endeavouring to get uh, Elton John here uh, mm. in the studio to present the award. And James Tedesco has picked up the last two, three points. He's bridging the gap. So he's bridging the gap. Tommy's on 17 points. Tedesco on 11 now. Just so really points, Tedesco... Only two good games behind. Tedesco needs to pull in at least a point maybe from this weekend, doesn't he? And I don't think... Well, two three-point efforts. If Tommy yeah. doesn't get enough, he can catch him. Sure, sure, but I, I don't think he's getting a point this week now in no. these. No, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Um, but that's the way it works. So uh, we've got the bronze statue of, of Elton John and uh, holding his balls with uh, uh, the Steedens, and um, that's the way it is. I, as I said earlier tonight, I am endeavouring to get in touch with Elton's people mm. to see if he can come into the studio uh, in a few weeks' time, mm. uh, probably the week leading up to the grand final, and present the award. The award. I can't guarantee it, given COVID, etc., all the travel restrictions. Uh, but if he can't be here, I am. I'm hoping we will get um, some sort of interaction or involvement from Elton. Mm. After all, the award is is named in his honour, so it's only fitting that we do. Let's uh, thank you to those that have texted through their nominations, their points. Um, Kalen Ponger, there's points for him. Nominations for him, a couple. There's a uh, Tom Dearden. Mm. Um, good result from the weekend. In fact, there's some good stats over the weekend too, weren't there? Um, okay, Melbourne didn't get the, the 20 on mm. the trot. They didn't break the uh, consecutive winning record that they jointly own now with the Roosters, stuck on 19. That didn't happen. But there were some other nice figures over the weekend. Mm. Um, Manly, for example, became the first team to have three players scoring 20 or more tries in mm. a season. Never happened before. Uh, Ruben Garrick became the first player ever in NRL history, I believe, to score 20 tries and 100 goals in a season. Mm. And um, you're right. <laughs> Are you really interested in this? No, and no, also no, Nathan Cleary, um, his stats, which I haven't got in front of me, but I think he became the second player, second youngest player, to chalk up 1,000 points. Points, I think. I know you're right because I remember him kicking the goal to pass 1,000 points. Would Graham Eady have been the youngest? Oh, testing me there. You're a Manly fan. I get a feeling Wombat was the youngest. Mm. Could be wrong. Again, our listeners might know. I, I thought I read it somewhere or heard it somewhere. I can't expect you to know that. Um, 
Yeah, no. Uh, you're only 23. <laughs> um, He's younger than me, clearly. Actually, there's a there's a young girl in my boys' class uh, in year two, mm. and um, oh, I call her Wombat. Uh, her, she's a good footy dad, player? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, her, her dad's a manly tragic. Right. You know who her name is? Edie. <laughs> After Graham. So I call her Wombat. She's Wombat. True, true story, true oh. story. Uh, where was it going? Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Um, I mentioned Junior Paulo, and mm. he, I haven't got his figures in front of me, but he was, I thought he was really, really good. Him and Isaiah Papali were really good for Parramatta at the weekend. And I just love that play. It was a little thing, but chasing down the fox, chasing down the fox. I don't think that's a little thing. It's not. It's a big play, isn't it? He's not a little thing. No. He's 125 kg. 17 runs, 147 Oh, meters. you got his figures? Yep. 67 of those post-contact. Yeah, big figures. Wrecking ball. But it was just that, it was that play that, you know, that was the sort of thing and that sort of, um, that defined or typified their night, Parramatta. Mm. Attitude, little things like that, you know, have a real big rub-off effect. So I'm giving Junior one point. Okay, Junior, and that's his first point. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Can you put put your masks on? Masks on, please, ladies and gentlemen. Didn't know we had the live studio audience in here tonight. They're all being well-behaved. Been quiet, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Very quiet, unless we haven't been very entertaining. First time they've given us anything. Anything. Um... Two points, two points, two points. He won the game pretty much uh, with Kalen Ponga, but mm. uh, without Mitchell Pearce, Newcastle don't beat the Titans. Um, a crucial 40-20 and uh, a, a try as well mm. and a match-winning one-pointer. Two points to Mitchell Pearce. Thank you. Good, good. Well done, well done. And three points, and this week's Rocket Man points, the main points, he ran for 286 metres, two line breaks, 12 tackle breaks, as well as kicking four goals in a Herculean performance, a match-winning try in the 78th minute. Jordan Rapina from Canberra. Yes, welcome back to Higher Ground. As I said, we're here until midnight. We're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and generally Fridays as well. And you can uh, tune in to me on a Sunday from midday till mm. 3, NRL Match Day. Uh, Mad Russians with me during the week. And then I have uh, Cowboy Dan on Sundays. Uh, keep those texts coming through. And to all those that are sending them through, thank you very much. one three hundred. 0-1-11-70 is the open line number if you do want to jump on the phone. We have a caller there now, uh, Darren from Ingleburn. How are you, Darren? Uh, hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good, mate. What are we going to talk about? Uh, about Friday night's game. I'm bringing a couple of times. I'm a Rabideau supporter. You are. Um, I, I do think Mitchell was lucky he only got 10 minutes in the bin. Mm. That That's the first thing I'll say. Um yeah. You know, and he's got to control his aggression a bit because, you know, I'm, I mean, I know the ball was nowhere near, uh, it didn't go near the player, but when he got up and slammed the ball down in Inger after the second try, it, 
I don't know. Even when I was watching it, it wasn't a good look. No. I agree 100%. So, 100%. Darren, agree with you 100%. It wasn't a good look. And I think that's why he's rating so low on the uh, the public opinion uh, opinionometer, if you want to call it that, because he showed no remorse at all. Um, and it just looked like he was you know, sort of above the law, carrying on like a bit of a a bit of a pork chop. Darren, thanks for calling, mate. Uh, please feel free to call any time. We're running a little bit short of time, mate. But uh, call again, won't you? Um, a bunnies fan, a bunnies fan there, Darren from Ingleburn, um, agrees that uh, his player Latrell Mitchell needs to rein it in a bit. And I agree with him too. I agree with him too. And and I think we all agree that uh, 10 minutes uh, was insufficient, but he will not play again this year. All right, time now to head north of the border. Where is Sydney? That's it, Queensland. Silver Fiji? That's it, Queensland. Where is Bowerville? That's it, Queensland. Queensland's everywhere. Yes, indeed. And again, uh, our thanks to uh, to all of Queensland. And it's uh, quite likely now, and I think it's almost locked in, that uh, this year's NRL Grand Final will actually be played at Suncorp Stadium. That announcement has not been made as yet, um, but I, I think it will happen. And as we know, the, the games have been north of the border in the Sunshine State uh, for many, many weeks now. So again, our thanks to Queensland and our thanks to Steve Renoff uh, here on Higher Ground. He's been a, a weekly regular throughout the season. And uh, the Pearl is uh, brought to you courtesy of Deadly Choices, which he's an ambassador of, I think is, is the right way to put it. And Deadly Choices aims to empower Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people uh, towards healthier, a happier life by eating healthy, exercising daily, and also eradicating sugar, smokes, and, and booze from their diet. Uh, Steve Renoff, thank you for joining me, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, Chris. Uh, another good week of rugby league, uh, depending oh. who you who you follow. <laughs> Jeez, a busy one. A lot of different things. Oh happening. my lord! Actually, we'll, we'll touch on the Latrell incident a little bit later as well. Yeah. I, I want to get your your opinion uh, on that yeah. um, as a, as a former former centre and. Um, and you know you know Latrell pretty well. Uh, let's start. Let's start now. Uh, will there be a Queensland team in the NRL finals? Right, that's the big question. So, the Titans have lost by the narrowest of margins uh, to Newcastle, fifteen yeah. fourteen. Um, Mitchell Pearce was, uh, I think, man of the match for that one, winning a drop goal from him. Yeah. But the Titans, and I think last week when I spoke to you, you thought they would make the eight. It's looking increasingly difficult for them now. Uh, they need to win their last game of the regular season this weekend against the Warriors, and they need a couple of other results to go their way. Yeah, well, it, it is. I mean, they, they, they're still in with a chance. Um, you know, obviously being beaten by, by, you know, the one point last week. It's disappointing. You know, watching that game, um, they're a better team than what, what they, what they, how they played. I, I thought they'd have every, every opportunity to win that match. But it, it, they just struggle at the, at the finish line with a lot of lot of parts of their their game, and that's as a coach you'd be disappointed because I thought after all this time, you know, we talked about them defensively, so they they defended really well. It was a low, really comparable, a low scoring match, um, but they they still didn't get the two points. So uh, for me, watching that, I was frustrated. I thought they they could have quite easily uh, with, with the way they were playing, um, could have taken better options and they could have won that one. Mm. 
they've been they've been so inconsistent throughout the year, haven't they? You yeah. just um, they they. They, they can do anything you know, in times at matches, but they don't seem to be able to sort of hang in there for the full 80. You know, they have, they're in and out of games, which has been a, a bit of a, a constant trend for them. What do you make of David Fafita coming off the bench? Look, I, I think, um, to, to be honest with, with Dave, and I, I even think Brisbane were similar with him and, and players like him, it, it, you know, coming off the bench, I mean, that, that, I think that'll change over the pre-season because they're going to sit down and they're going to talk to him, they're going to they're going to coach him, they're going to train him. I, I reckon that's something they really need to approach mm. um, is how they're using him. And so, look, I think he has the effect. Obviously, he comes off, you know, off the bench, scores a try. But the thing is, he he needs to be looking at more, obviously, more minutes in a game. Um so, so for me, I, I think is also smart about how they play him when he's out there. Like we can't just stick him out wide in the centres or on that ridge and just give it, give him the ball flat footed and, and go, David here, do your best. I, I think their halves. I think you know coaches need to look at the halves and just go, well, um, we, we need to look at how mm. yeah we can create opportunities for him. Yeah. You're not giving him the ball flat footed. And, mate, here, do your best. Well, all the good edge runners have very good halves inside them and they all sort yeah. of work in sync, don't they? But I guess the, the yeah. problem there is that they've sort of been chopping and changing a bit this year through the halves in the Titans. So therein probably lies the answer. The Knights, Pearl, uh, so they're seventh on the ladder. That won't change. Um, can they challenge the other the other guys in the finals, do you think, on their day? Uh, Pierce, and Clifford, nope. Pierce and Clifford seem to be combining pretty well in the halves, but but again, you know, they were well below their best last weekend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as I said, it was a low-scoring match, and um, you know, either team could have won that. And, and so, once again, I, they, they, I don't think they're up to the standard of the top four, to be honest. And I've, I've sort of mentioned that, you know, it's sort of the top four than the rest, to be honest, mm. um, or five. And um, so, you know, Newcastle will challenge okay. I, I, I think. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think they'll go too much further. They, they've really got to um, play a lot better than what they have been. Jake Clifford, how, how good's he been? He's, you know, he's le- left the uh, the Cowboys yeah, mid-season, and he, uh, sorry, you, he, yeah, he's yeah. left the Cowboys, and um, mate, he's playing some really good no, rugby. He's good, and I think he's taking a fair bit of pressure off Pierce. And I think I'm right in saying yeah. um, together they the team is unbeaten. Uh, they are unbeaten as a halves combination, and I think with Ponga, Ponga, Pierce, Clifford, and and best, um, I think I'm right in saying that when all four of those play too, they haven't lost a match. But I, I agree with you. I think they might just be a little bit off the pace compared to the other ones. The Cowboys ended their 10-match losing streak. Val Holmes, <laughs> Val Holmes started in the centres. Um, and Coach Todd Payton says that that is an option possibly going forward. Um, what's his best position, you think, Val Holmes? Yeah, look, I, we, we, I think we might have chatted about this. I, I'd like him at centre. Um you know, obviously he's been on the wing, and and look, he had that magic year with Origin and with the Australian team during that World Cup, and scored you know a trillion tries or whatever it was, um, but off the wing. But I mean, a, a good wing is going to do that. You'll finish, you know, you'll finish uh, off a, of the end of a great back line, and that's your job, you know. And um, he, he was playing outside of a lot of good players uh, during that that tournament, so. Um, but I think to get more out of him, because um, um, they've got they've got the option 
you know, with the hammer at fullback, I think he's mm. he's a lot more suited there. That uh, Val, I think going forward, he's he's going to be a centre. Todd Payton's future? Yeah, look, I, I I think he's okay. I mean, he's got to be happy with that win. You know, um, look, it, it's been it's just been one of those seasons for him, and um, I, I think you know he's got to work really hard on on getting this group together. I'm sure he is. Um, getting this group together and getting them to believe in themselves, and you know, not get too heavy on them, and, and just go along. I mean, he, he's he's jumped. He, you know, he, he's come across to a team that that not that long ago is very very successful. So he, he's he's like the outsider. So he's got to make himself fit. Mm. All right, let's move on to your boys, the Broncos, and uh, they went down to the Sharkies. Sharkies, uh, I guess, more desperate, weren't they? Because they. Yeah. They really needed to win to keep their finals hopes alive, and uh, they are in eighth position now, 24-16. Um, pretty scrappy match. Um, what represents success for, for the Bronx, for Kevy and the Bronx next season, Pearl? Top eight? Yeah, look, yeah, well, they they got to they got to had some something to look forward to, you know, to, to aim at, and I think that that is. I mean, look, and we, look, we all agree that they come a long way um, this year, which is great. Over the second half of the season, that that was that was they sort of dropped back into their old habits. It was a bit frustrating. It was like, you know, drop ball and those mistakes just just cost them. I and mean, they had every chance to win that match. Uh, I think you know late in the match they had an opportunity. Even you know with five minutes out, they you know there was a drop ball. I think one of, I think it was might have been Bullymore dropped the ball uh, on second or third tackle. Uh, running to the line, and it's just it, that sort of stuff is what what frustrates you as a an ex player and a spectator. And you go, you know, it, it's a simple thing. You know, you know, we we were we weren't all perfect, um, but they got to learn that in those those situations, you just hold on to the ball. Um, you know, I, I don't know what was going on there. You, we go back to the match, um, you know, with with uh, Eastern Suburbs, and we lost it right at the end. It was a drop ball, I think, by Flagler or one of the other forwards, and it's just like you know, it, they're the simple little things that they need to get right. And they had, every, as I said, they had every every opportunity to win that match, um, but the, but they just couldn't get over the line. We we have said before, sorry, I just dropped out there. We have said before, you know, the, the Broncos have improved pretty much week on week on week yeah. out. Um, what's your takeaway for this season? And what, what what are some of the the good things, the positives out of this year? Well, they're competing for for the eighty minutes. So as they've shown, even though we got beaten on the weekend, they've done. And look at it, look at when they played the Roosters. We're in it till the end. We, we're not thrown in the towel. That's a, that's a big shift to where we were. And I, I think Kevy and, and the coaching team there have got these guys to believe in themselves. I think the move, you know, moving on a, a few of the players has has been a positive as well for the group. And you know now Kevin can concentrate. And they, we've got to remember they're still young, but you know that realization and uh, the belief uh, that they're building there is that they can win games. And you know they they can compete with the best. It's just about doing that week to week and holding in for eighty minutes. And the good thing is they they haven't been getting you know walloped. Uh, they've been holding in. They're, they're you know still five minutes out from the end of the you know, the game last week, they were still in with a chance. Yeah. Uh, in that game, uh, Deadly Choices, that's your, your well, not your charity, it's the group that you do a lot of work for. Um, 
they were involved at the weekend with the Broncos wearing socks. What was that all about? Tell us more. Yeah, mate, we we, we got a uh, community push for um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people right across the country, wherever. We, you know, we have a footprint, obviously, in Queensland, New South Wales and, and, and other states about our people going to get vaccinated. And look, this is, you know, we're, we're very serious about this and why we do these campaigns. We do a lot of social media and it was just the way we use our partners. Who, you know, Brisbane Broncos are one of our, you know, our longest partner with Deadly Choices. And, you know, they, they, they assisted with, us. you know, we put, you know, we created these socks about stepping up uh, to get the vaccine uh, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And, you know, it's just we're really concerned that, um, you know, uh, not all, you know, the, the numbers we need for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to get vaccinated isn't where um, it, it probably should be. I know everyone has a choice, but, um, you know, um, I'll just look what's happening in, in Western Sydney and there was a death today of an Indigenous man out there. Um, and the thing is, with our, we have a lot of chronic disease and, you know, and, so we need to make sure that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and that's our role mm. um, with our Daily Choices Program and the Institute for Urban Disease Health, that everyone's going, getting out to get their vaccination. And Absolutely. it's so important. So that's, that's, that's where the socks were about. Yep. And it, it, it's something we're really trying to stress uh, to our people. Oh, good, mate. Well, we'll do everything we can to echo those thoughts as well. Yeah. Um, but it's tough times and we've all got to get out there and, and get it done. Latrell Mitchell, briefly, Steve. Um, the incident with Joey Manu, um, it, it was it was an awful incident, an ugly, ugly incident, and it's had a it's a real knock on effect. Um, coach has been fined, clubs been fined, other things have happened as well. Yeah. Joey's undergone surgery; he's gone for the season. Latrell's now gone for the season as well. There were people. Many, many people saying it should have been an instant send-off, and um, I think the NRL have probably agreed in hindsight that, mm. that it should have been. My initial standpoint was I don't want to stop Latrell Mitchell, um, that type, of, that side to his game. You know, he lives on the edge, and he he's aggressive, and that's fine, but I guess he's just got to learn to control himself, and you're always running a risk that something could go wrong when you run into a defender leading the way he did. Yeah, look, uh, there's no excuse. And, you know, we and oh, I love Luttrell. I love the footy he's been playing this year. Wayne has, you know, and South have got the best out of him. And he does not need that in his game. And he, he's really got to look hard at that. Um, the, you know, when I saw that, and I didn't see it live, but I, I did mm. watch it back. And I wasn't sure what people were going with it. But he attacked the head, and it was aggressive. And he, you can't tell he, he really needs to get out of the. He's had too many other instance, instances as well um, in his history. Uh, you know, go back. I don't know what game it was. He he's kicked someone, kicked back, and kicked someone in the head, and he's actually attacked the head of another player. In oh, the he's one got game. a few priors. He's got a few priors, and, so and yeah, yeah he, he just needs to rein it he, in. Look, love. He's just got to rein it in. Yeah. He, he's such a great player. But, um, you know, I've said, and, and if anyone can do it, Wayne can, but the thing is, there's a big responsibility and, and there's repercussions for that, and he's got to learn that very quickly. Mm. All right, Stevie, thanks for jumping on the line. Make like you do each Monday. We'll do it again next week, and uh, hopefully uh, for Queensland's sake, they, they might have a team in the top eight if, if things go the right <laughs> way for, for the Gold Coast Titans. Take care, mate. Thanks for joining us. 
Yeah, no worries, Chris. Thanks, mate. There he is, the Queensland legend himself, Steve Renoff, a, a friend of the program on Monday nights here on Higher Ground, and he's brought to us and to you uh, courtesy of Deadly Choices. Well, the time has come for me to say farewell. Uh, it's approaching midnight, and uh, I've enjoyed the show. hope you have too. To those that uh, did jump on the phone, thank you. And to all those that have sent their texts, uh, views through, again, thank you to you as well. Uh, to Mad Russian, always good to have him here in the studio as well. I'll be back again for Higher Ground from 10 on Wednesday. Until then, take care, keep smiling. Bye for now.